Hi, this is Chad. I'm so glad to be part of your journey towards product mastery so that you can develop better products for your customers and those products that customers will love. Today, we're talking about amazing product teams. Don't we all want to be part of a really good product team? Well, what's involved in creating one? And then once we have that, how do we manage it? How do we keep it going well? Joining us is Amruta Maktali. She's the chief product officer at Skyflow, the world's first and only data privacy vault developed as an API. She spent over a decade mastering the complex domains of data privacy and analytics, and amassed an impressive track record spanning agile startups as well as tech giants, including Microsoft and Salesforce. Also, we do take detailed written notes for everything we discuss. You will find those along with a one-page action guide to help you put into action some of the key takeaways that we'll talk about. You'll find those resources at productmasterynow.com slash 475. This podcast is made possible by the Rapid Product Mastery Experience, the RPM Experience. This helps product VPs and leaders get their product managers and everyone else contributing product to increase their performance together, working in alignment to reach your North Star objectives. What we do is we meet virtually for nine weeks, 75 minutes each week, and participants learn the seven essential product knowledge areas. And in the process, they're building trust and collaboration with each other. It's unlike other training. It really does increase not only your knowledge, but your performance together as a team. To see if it will help you, please go to productmasterynow.com slash RPM. Amruta, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Ed. It's wonderful to be here. I'm delighted to have the opportunity to discuss. There's many topics based on your experience we could dive into, but uh, I wanted to explore teams with you some, and specifically how you think about teams and that high-performing product team. And just frame this for listeners, and you may think about it differently. I'm really interested for the discussion. But when we look at teams, some teams, just in general, whether there's product teams or not, they bumble around for a while, right? And then we start figuring out how to work with each other. And we get the work done, and the project ends, and the team gets dispersed, and then another project starts, and the team, new people come together. And it's actually rare to have a truly high-performing team where they're magical to me, right? I've only been on a couple, I admit, in my career that they, you stay along, you stay together long enough and you do the right things. Yeah. Doing the right things is what we're going to talk about, where you, yeah. it's magical that the team performs so much faster than, than most teams. So let's talk about that wherever you want to start on creating this high performing team. Yeah. yeah, I think high performing teams are like this beautiful orchestra. You have the right instruments at the right time, and you're the conductor of bringing the right things together. High-performance teams, surprisingly, mean very different things in different environments and what you're working on. So in my experience, sure, I've been in some not-so and then uh, been fortunate enough to work in really good high-performance teams and assemble some great ones. And some of the learnings I've had through my experience of putting some high-performance teams together is... First of all, knowing what problem this team is looking to solve and having a clear understanding of that and making sure every single person on the team is bought into that. Because unless and until you're not marching towards the same goal, you will never perform well. I think that's been my first principle of making sure that we all know and we are passionate about the problem that we're solving for. The second is, like I say, it's like music. You need to assemble the teams that will work well with each other and will challenge each other. And this will change extremely based on the environment that you're in, right? We changed our environments from in-person to remote. 
people who work well in person may not work well in remote people who do great in consumer products may not do well in b2b products and different kind of things so you want to make sure that group can work really well synchronously together you mm-hmm. have that alignment and then the most important thing is iterativeness a high performance team does not happen overnight you can't just assemble a bunch of people tell them this is a problem we're going to solve and boom it's not going to happen that way you are going to have to guide them you're going to have an iterative process and i'll say something that may be whatever controversial non controversial remove folks from the team who are causing the team to slow down or move in the wrong direction sooner rather than later because that starts bringing the performance of the rest of the folks down as important as it to put the right people in it is important to take the wrong people out at the right time so i'm a person who thinks in threes so i would say those are my threes Okay. I heard a lot more than 3s in there. So we're we're we're, we're going to emphasize the the ones that uh, you you want to stand out, but uh, I I really I I like the analogy right with the orchestra. I have thought about people in the product management roles as the person leading that orchestra, yes. right? The the, the, the other conductors. Of, yeah, exactly, right? Th- thinking of it that way. The oh gosh, where to go first? So Let's talk about skills maybe first yeah. and then I want to get into some of the things you brought up that really mm-hmm. speak to character depth yeah. and how people fit together and recognizing when they mm-hmm. don't fit together, mm-hmm. right? So j- just for a team to perform well uh, yeah. that is developing a product, what kind of skills are we looking for? I think it's skills that you're looking for they're like traditionally how we talk about like there's soft skills and there are hard skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I think any person either getting into a team, starting a team needs to have a very good understanding of the hard skills because they differ. Sometimes you're looking for generalists who can dip into any area and do anything. Sometimes you're looking for someone who comes with specific experience, specific by having worked in particular technology. And I think that's pretty specific to who you're trying to hire yep. and where you are. And that's easy. And I think on the other side from the skill on the soft side, a couple of things that i have seen be very successful is you want to make sure they have amazing communication skills mm. especially if you are hiring product managers they are as we say the conductors and orchestrators across everything you need to have really strong communication skills you need to make sure that you have the ability and i'm talking about just the skills to do your job ability to make hard decisions mm. a lot of times we underestimate the power of making decisions people hesitate making decisions which is why things don't move forward and when i say someone needs to make decisions there's a lot that goes behind it you need to have a strong point of view you need to know the market you need to know your customer you need to know where the business is going and you need to know how things can get done that's when you can make the right decision and that's what you need in terms of the skill set to be able to make those right decision prioritization all of that comes as a part of it right and the other thing is bringing people together you can never be successful if you're going alone you have to have the ability to bring people together and communication skills decision making skills knowing the market knowing the customer putting all that together also helps you bring people together mm-hmm. and i think from the soft side especially for product people or even anyone in the product team right designers documentation anything i think those pieces become extremely important from just a skills perspective yeah 
Yeah, I think the soft skills often get underappreciated until you start to get more experience and realize that this is how yeah. business relies on people that can work together. Exactly. And developing that is important. And understanding, you having that perspective that you talked about, right? Just if you're in that leadership role of, of making decisions, helping others make a decision, yeah. what is it we're doing together? Where are we headed? What, what's our market? What matters to our customer? How are we aligned to the strategic objectives of the business? All those things matter right. a lot. All those things. You, you said something important that the the way I thought about it at the time you said it was, we all like to be part of something that matters, right? And feel like what we're doing is important. Can you just talk about that a little bit? And I don't know if you have an example of a team that was really evident, or maybe on the other side, a team, man, we know that no one cares about this project. And what are we doing <laughs> together, right? No, that is so important because it's one of those things, right? You That motivates you. What do you wake up in the morning to do? It's, uh, yeah. of course, the people you work with and what you're working on. Those are the two key buckets, right? I think what matters is you the problem you're solving and who you're solving for should resonate with you at some level. I'll give you an example, right? And I'll give you like a very kind of emotional, close to heart example and a very business example. I was at a startup called Clio which was a health benefits company, right? Mm -hmm. And what we were doing there is helping families go through pre-pregnancy all the way to end of life, Mm -hmm. providing the type of support that we all need. We all talk about it takes a village to bring up a child and all these things, and you need the support system and all these things. And when I went there, I, being a mom, have experienced a lot of things myself and having had aging parents and stuff. So it was something that I felt I knew the problem. It was close to my heart. And every single person who was part of Clio came in there with that feeling. Yeah. Right. And it was one of those emotional, very hard feelings. So when you come in and we talk about, oh, my God, I helped this one person. I made a change in one person's life. And that was enough to get through the whole day. It was like adrenaline for the whole day. Right. I think that is one piece where we talk about what matters. And it's, I say it's an emotional one because it's a little different when we think of building a SaaS product. I'm not changing a person's life or giving birth to a child when I'm building a SaaS product. But I think what you want to think of there is what matters to you. So for example, I'll take the example of Skyflow, right? Privacy. That's what matters to all of us in Skyflow. Mm. We, the core purpose that we go with is how can we make sure that everyone can work with the information that they have, serve their customers better, but never compromise privacy. No breaches, no information shared that shouldn't be shared in the right way, right? Mm -hmm. That is the actual main purpose and goal that we all agree with. And then there are like sub goals, right? Okay, we're going to do this here and there. And that comes later. So I think that's what I mean by making sure it matters and you're marching towards the right thing. And then to your example, I've, of course, been in situations and I say this happens a lot more in larger companies, right? Because you're so big and you're working on something and suddenly the priorities of the company change and nobody's talking about the small feature or function you're working on and it, it doesn't matter anymore. And that does happen. I'll be very honest. That does happen. But that is where I feel you want to think of how you can matter. And a lot of us keep talking about alignment to the business goals of the company. And this is where it becomes extremely important. If you are in that situation where let's say you were working on something and you feel that it doesn't matter to the company anymore, really ask hard questions. Why do you think it doesn't matter to the company anymore? Just because nobody's talking about you 
just because nobody is bringing you up on a slide deck. But then you want to look at, are you making an impact on the revenue? Is anything that you're doing aligning to the goal? And if it is not, make the decision to stop doing it. Because you are the only one who can change that mindset. And you will know why you've put in that bucket. And everyone keeps saying, oh, we feel like the stepchild. Nobody cares. We're going to die. They're going to fold us in. I should leave this team. I should leave this company. Like if that's how you feel, first figure out how you get out of it. And if you are in a place where you think it doesn't matter, then it doesn't, it won't exist in a company. There are no leaders in any company who are going to keep anything running and putting money in there if it really does not matter at some level. So a lot of times I have noticed that it is very personal and it's also the responsibility of the leaders actually to make everyone understand how they matter and how they are making a difference. And then you have to do a little bit of realignment saying, is this still important to you? We might have pivoted. We might have done something else. This is how we matter. This is what we're going to work on. If this is still in alignment with how you are thinking when you came in, continue. Otherwise, it may not be the right place for you. Absolutely. Really good. So everyone needs to know how they matter and the difference that they're making and the relationship with the project. And as product people, we should be invested in products that actually matter too. If we're creating value for the customer, that's a great place to start, right? Exactly. We're on a winning path at least. So once upon a time, younger in my career, I, I was much more into team building activities and exercises, right? It would like yes. take the new team to the climbing gym where we would repel each other and start building yeah. trust and those sort of things. And it's not that those things aren't important anymore, right? For whatever, maybe because we're yeah. doing more work remotely now. But I do think it's important for the tone that you establish yeah. at the beginning and the expectations. Well, let's talk a little bit about maybe the character of the people or the team, yeah. how you want that to feel and mm-hmm. what you might do to establish those things. It's a very good question. I think we keep talking about team culture and we just slide it through sometimes, right? But I think as you're either entering a team that exists or you're building a team from scratch, that is very important because that will guide the character of the people that you are trying to hire, Mm -hmm. right? They have to be in that culture, either that you're trying to build or is already there. So some of the characteristics that at least I look for is one of the most important thing is curiosity, right? Every single person, at least on my teams I've had, I've built, always need to be curious because when you're curious, you are respective, respecting people. When someone has an opinion, you're listening. Mm -hmm. You want to learn more. You're always evolving. You're talking to customers. You're always like, it it just comes with curiosity, Mm -hmm. right? The humbleness also comes with the fact that you're curious. I think that is one important trait. The other characteristic that I look for is having a strong point of view, but having a very collaborative or humble way of communicating that. And that is the character that you're looking for. It's not, I believe this is how it needs to be done. You guys don't see it, so you just don't know it, anything. Mm -hmm. That can't be the case. You got to get them with you. And that is the character I'm looking for. It's like you're curious, you have a strong point of view, and you know how to get people to understand that point of view. And the third piece is just how they can work with other people and be part of that piece. And there will actually be people in your team who will be the flag bearers of the culture of your team. And because every leader is different, you might be the kind of leader who's 
very loud and can be the big person who's getting people. Or you may be the leader who takes a little bit of a step back and has a person in your team who actually embodies all the things that you want your team to have. And that is the person who brings people together. Then give them the opportunity to do that and make sure it's either you or someone in your team who has that is that flag bearer of making sure that characteristic is there. And then I'll always say the one thing, if you see anyone who does not have the characteristics you're looking for, make sure you make the change sooner. Mm. Either you help them get there, or if sometimes folks are amazing, but they're not a fit, get them out because it impacts everyone else. And I know I repeat this multiple times, but I've gone through enough in my career where we've seen more bad things happen when you don't make changes at the right time. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> you, you wait too long, um, yeah. which is also where that guidance often comes from people about hire slow to, you know, find yes. the person with the right fit because that's wait for the right painful person. to deal later. Yeah. And also when you're hiring, the one thing I always tell people is I know if, I don't know if everyone has the luxury of this is hire the one person that will make the highest impact on everyone else. Sometimes it could be mm -hmm. a lot of people go with, oh, I'm going to hire uh, junior people and I'm going to groom them and bring them up. What I have seen success with is try to do that depending on budget and stuff, whatever. But if you try to hire a high performer and a leader first, they can then build their team. First of all, selfishly, it gives me more time on my hand. And, and the other thing is it creates a domino effect that I like. Yeah. So with everything, you're, then you create your two, three high performers and then A's hire A's, as we know. So right. you're creating that culture and that piece from up top itself. And that really helps. Yeah, that's a good wisdom there from experience, right? To have that impact. The getting rid of people. So yeah. developing software. I don't know if this is still a term that is used very much or not. I remember many discussions about this in a book, actually, once upon a time about prima donnas. Right. And it's that, that person who is exceptionally skilled, right? Yes. The, the, the person who you want their skills on the team, but because of how they interact with the team, the notion of the prima donna is the person who basically believes they're going to do it their way and they don't care about yeah. anyone else's perspective, right? And I have had teams that are all prima donnas, right? Because of just the nature of the work. And it's a unique environment, right? And you, mm -hmm. you learn to manage through that. And sometimes you find that in R&D labs where everyone's a PhD and that's just the, the nature of things, of right? But I've had other really good teams where the prima donna comes in and I want their skills, but they're disrupting the team, right? And as you said, I, I, it, the choice there is do you keep them around for their skills, or do you try to do what you think is best for the team? Yeah. What are your thoughts? It depends on the need of the hour. So there have been times, I'll be honest, I have kept pre Madonnas on my team because their skills were more valuable to me at that mm -hmm. point in time. And hiring someone to replace that skill would have been taking me back a lot. And there was nobody else in the team who could fulfill that skill, who could right. fill in that gap. So I have kept prima donnas on the team, but the way I was able to keep them is I gated them in their own world mm -hmm. and made sure that everyone else around knew that I knew that they were a prima donna, right? Because it's, I think a lot of times people are looking for acknowledgement, right? Saying, I want you to know that this person is really not collaborative or working or things like that and then have the other people see what you're seeing 
know why that person is very that person is right and you know what i understand but right now this person's doing xyz we really need that and i'm going to help coach that person to work better on these things and you guys tell me where you're having the most issues and i will make sure that doesn't happen and of course on the side i start started looking for the talent right. to replace but those are the times i've had to keep it and work around it to make sure i don't lose the other valuable people mm-hmm. and it's you're starting to give more attention to the others than the prima donna it it's somewhere there right. and then i think in other situations you're out mm-hmm. right i have really with a heavy heart let people go and it's just been that dude you're very smart but it's just not working out yeah Yep. you need to yep, find yeah. someone you can work better with so it's both cases i think mm-hmm. and we have to know how to work in both situations it's impossible right. yeah there's the pragmatic needs of the team and what we need to accomplish for the project there's also the what we value as part of the culture that you mentioned and how we want to work together and honor each other in the process yeah. too and exactly um, so it yeah. does get complicated it does and the one thing i will say i had one person on my team and i was very surprised everyone was my god they're never going to change this and that and you know what in a few months they did change yeah they did change it was all about you just have to find that one or two things which is why they are like that and what i found out through that person is they just felt like nobody else was listening to mm. them or undermine them or didn't think that they were smart enough while it was the reverse everyone knew that person was extremely smart and they would right. just go quiet because they had nothing else to say and yeah. this person felt disrespected so it's all about that i have this model called heart tree star that really helps me so with every single person on your team you need to know heart what drives them what what do they love to do tree how do they like to grow and star is how do they like to be rewarded or recognized and once you know these three you can actually guide anyone in any place and that's what happened with this person the star is what i realized he wanted and couldn't get right right and yeah. once you fix that it just comes together that that's really good and and if you could go through that one more time because i don't want yes. listeners to miss this of course because just recognizing we're, we're people and yes. we have internal needs and external needs and we want to be liked usually when we want to show up and think that we're making a, an important difference and we want to feel cared by other people as well yeah. so your heart tree star framework tell us each one yes. again so heart tree star so heart is what does the person love to do or want to do right this could be different things the type of problems they like like to solve are they do they love being only working on engineering and technical things do they like to be in front of customers do they mm-hmm. like to do more public speaking versus not so what do they love to do second is tree how do they want to grow do they want to become managers do they want to be ics do they want to be specialist in a particular area what do they want to learn this new piece and be experts or go to people there what is how do they want to grow so you can help them then star is how do they want to be recognized or rewarded everyone will say money is great but go beyond keep that on the side right do they like to be rewarded publicly accolades in like public meetings and stuff do they like to be rewarded regularly on small mm-hmm. things that they are doing do they like to be rewarded by upper management or their peers how do they like to be recognized and rewarded for their work do they like to be rewarded by their work by getting more important work 
a lot of people interestingly are like that if i've done a great job put me on the next most important project that you have and that would be the best recognition that i could right. get so i think understanding those three pieces really helps align your teams and build that harmony in your teams and also help grow people we're all yeah. here to help each other right yeah and i think also that's i love that framework right the heart tree star framework but for the growing people that's also something that any team member can help each other do, not just the leader, yeah. is pointing out, like, you're really good at that. And a lot of the time, the things that we're good at, we don't particularly recognize that's unique um, because it may, in some sense, come natural for us, we think. And, and helping each other kind of recognize, like, hey, you're really good at talking to those customers about that problem, that's right, okay. or whatever the case is. So that's really useful. And one more thing I want to come back to real quick was you talked about humility, being yeah. humble as a characteristic. And it was interesting to me, this was actually my PhD chair who, who we remained friends. And after I had earned mine, he was doing a research project on leadership and leaders that transform organizations. And I don't think of leaders, especially executives, as being humble, as exhibiting humility at some of the times. But he was pointing out that, in general, the best leaders have this other characteristic, which is they're confident. They, they certainly will present an image of confidence, and we need that to fall. But they're also, they, they are certainly, they, they have this characteristic of humility as well. And I just wanted to remind all of us of that, that this is a useful part of leadership, that to you don't have all the answers, and having humility and working as a team is important. Very important. I couldn't emphasize that on that more. And I think we just love working with people who are mm. humble, vulnerable, nice, listen to you, appreciate you, and right. all of that comes together. And selfishly, if you're humble, you'll actually learn more things. You'll be better. Um, yeah, it's a good uh, point. It, it's just one of those things that I strongly believe in. Excellent. I've really enjoyed the discussion about uh, putting together good product teams. As listeners know, we like innovation quotes, and I asked you to bring us one. And I know when we chatted previously, you actually have several, but I'm going to ask you to pick one out that might you know, speak to you now in light of yeah. this conversation, and uh, if you can share what that means to you as well. Sure. I think I have, as I was studying your chat, I have recency bias when I think of these quotes and more recently based on even what I was helping my kids with and what I'm going through. One of the quotes that I'll read is from actually Dr. Uh, A.P. Abdul Kalam. He is, he used to be the president, one of the presidents in India, and he was aerospace scientist in India. Mm -hmm. He was the one who did like the ballistic missiles and the nuclear tests and stuff. And one of the things that he said was, your best teacher is your last mistake. And that's something that, at least more recently, is something that I keep close to my heart. When, of course, as I said, with my kids, I'm like, it's okay to do a, make a mistake because that's going to teach you to get better. And the way it resonates with me is, of course, I've had a very long career. I have seen a lot of different things. And every single decision that I approach nowadays, I've had the luxury of having such diverse experiences that I'm able to tap into one of my past experiences and see actually what I did wrong and then make sure I'm not repeating that mm. again. And that is the one way that, uh, that it's always teaching me in the smallest of decisions and in the largest of decisions, right? We always keep saying making mistakes is very important, and, but more important than that is learning from them. Exactly. Yep. 
And, and that's the right way to frame it, right? We are learning. Like th those mistakes and those failures are all contribute to our learning. So it's really exactly. good. Okay. How can people find out more about you, the work that you're involved in, anything that you want to share? I think what I'm living and breathing right now is all about Skyflow. So you can find out more about what I'm up to or what my team or what Skyflow is up to at skyflow.com. Check out the blogs. We have also a podcast called uh, Partially Redacted which uh, has some really insightful speakers that Sean, our head of marketing, kind of brings in. So I would highly recommend that as well. I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn, so you folks can uh, find me there. And at any point in time, most of the time, just ping me. And I love talking to folks and just chatting, helping people out with anything that I can do. Fantastic. We'll make sure those links are in the show notes to make it easy to yes. find. And Amruta, thank you so much for joining us and helping us understand what makes a product team productive and how to create one and manage one. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was a wonderful chat. And again, for listeners, if you want the written summary of what we discussed and that one page action guide, please go to productmasterynow.com slash 475. Everyone, as always, keep innovating. Thank you for listening to Product Mastery Now, where product leaders and managers gain product mastery through practical knowledge, influence, and confidence. By listening, you are becoming a product master, creating products customers love. Find additional resources at productmasterynow.com. Keep innovating.